Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of March 7, 2021. Here are some of the virtual activities taking place during the next two weeks. All are on the KCB Zoom line. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter the code 862-9889-6972 from any landline or cell phone. Savvy, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, will hold its monthly meeting this coming Tuesday, March 9, from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Savvy is a rapidly growing KCB chapter in the Owensboro-Henderson area, and everyone is welcome to attend their meetings. For more information about Savvy, call Cheryl Lott, Savvy President, at 270-686-8689. The Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation Chapter will hold its monthly meeting this coming Thursday, March 11, at 8 p.m. Next Generation is a chapter especially for younger members in KCB. Ben Wright is the new president of Next Generation, and Joey Couch is the new vice president. Come to the meeting and bring a friend. For more information about Next Generation, contact Ben Wright by calling 734-968-8211. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites you to our roundabout this coming Friday, March 12, from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m., We'll be playing bingo and, of course, keeping you up to date on all of the latest announcements and news from KCB, ACB, and more. GLCB will also hold its monthly board meeting on Saturday, March 13, at 11 a.m. This meeting is open and guests are welcome. For more information about Roundabout and the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, call us at 502-895-4598. The KCB Board of Directors will meet on Monday, March 15, at 8 p.m. Board meetings are open and guests are welcome. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision invites you to participate in the next Low Vision Support Call at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, March 17. Bring your questions and tips related to living with vision loss. The Tri-State Library users will hold their next meeting on Saturday, March 20 at 11 a.m. You're invited to join the call and help us plan future programs and activities. For reminders and announcements about these and other events, including the Zoom link and dial-in information for connecting to the calls from your landline, smartphone, or computer, visit the events page arranged by months on the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Rick Boggess does a great job of keeping that information up to date. Also join the KCB email list by sending a subscription request to kcb at kentucky-acb.org or by completing the list subscription form on any page on the KCB website at www. 
kentucky-acb.org. Thanks to Samantha Hubbard for her help in posting list messages every day. ACB hosts about 90 community calls each week. Everything from technology how-tos to crafts, cooking, games, coffee breaks, and chats, support group, and much more. Sign up to receive a list of community calls in your inbox every day by sending a blank email message to acb-community-events plus subscribe at acblists.org. The following information was posted by ACB on February 19. ACB supports accessible and inclusive currency, Alexandria, Virginia. On Friday, February 19, the American Council of the Blind sent the following letter to Secretary Yellen of the U.S. Treasury regarding the proposed Harriet Tubman redesign of the $20 bill. According to recent press reports, as well as statements from the White House press office, the Biden administration is considering accelerating the redesign of the $20 bill to incorporate a picture of Harriet Tubman. The council welcomes such a redesign, provided that the newly redesigned bill incorporates an accessibility feature for the blind and visually impaired. Inclusion of an accessibility feature is required by the Federal District Court's injunctive order dated October 3, 2008, which mandates that accessibility be provided in all future currency redesigns. See American Council of the Blind versus Paulson 581FSUPP 1D2 paren DDC 2008. The American Council of the Blind has been striving for accessible currency for the past 45 years. U.S. paper currency of all denominations is of the same size, shape, and texture. The currency of the United States is the only major currency in the world which does not incorporate an accessibility feature for the blind and visually impaired. The time to rectify this injustice has long since passed. Our currency stands as a symbol for who we are as a nation. As a nation, we must be committed to equality for all people, including those with visual disabilities. It is therefore imperative that the next redesign incorporate an accessibility feature. This action is not only required by the injunctive order issued by the court. It is also the right thing to do. Quote, this is a tremendous opportunity for the U.S. to make a significant milestone in history in two ways. First, by implementing the court mandate of 2008 and making the bill accessible. The U.S. would join 81 other countries who already provide accessible currency for people who are blind and visually impaired. Secondly, placing Harriet Tubman's picture on the $20 bill would be historic as she would be the first person of color to be pictured on U.S. currency. I encourage the Department of Printing and Engraving to implement both of these actions, said Peggy R. Garrett, chair of ACB's Multicultural Affairs Committee. The American Council of the Blind is a national grassroots consumer organization representing Americans who are blind and visually impaired. 
With more than 65 affiliates, ACB strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and to improve quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. It's March, and that means it's time for KCB to certify its list of members to the American Council of the Blind. This is an annual process and helps us to be sure that we keep our registration list current with ACB. We would like to take this opportunity to invite you to become part of the KCB team. If you're not already a 2021 or life member of KCB, we hope that you will join us and help us to work toward our goals. KCB and its chapters help people with vision loss learn about resources and products that improve their daily lives. Our weekly magazine, our website, Facebook page, newsletter, support groups, chapter meetings, and programs combine to touch the lives of people with vision loss across Kentucky. The power of working together on the local, state, and national level is clear. Together, we continue to work for Medicare coverage of low vision devices. Together, we advocate for better education, transportation, accessible voting, daily living, and job-related programs for people with vision loss. Together, we are increasing the number of movies, DVDs, and TV programs with audio description. Together, we are helping to make technology, websites, and electronic books more accessible to people who are blind and visually impaired. Help us to make a difference. Join the Kentucky Council of the Blind now. It's just $8 a year or $40 for a life membership. To join, call the KCB office at 502-895-4598 and have your credit card ready. We'll be glad to assist you in not only making sure that you're a member of KCB, but updating your mailing information, your subscriptions to the KCB newsletter and the Braille Forum, your Soundprint subscription, and much more. Help us to touch lives and reach our goals. Together, everyone accomplishes more. The following announcement is from Friends in Art. Apply for the $1,500 Friends in Art Annual Scholarship. Friends in Art, FIA, is a nonprofit organization with the mission of creating spaces where visually impaired artists and audiences thrive. Offers an annual $1,500 scholarship to college students who are legally blind and live in North America. If you are a high school senior or a college student planning to or are currently majoring in the field of music, art, drama, or creative writing and are blind or visually impaired, we encourage you to apply. Note, legal blindness is defined as an individual who has a visual acuity of 20 over 200 or less in the corrected eye and or 20 degrees or less visual field in the corrected eye. To apply, please go to www.friendsinart.com and complete the application and upload or mail the qualified materials, including documentation of visual impairment, from a medical professional or vocational rehabilitation counselor per the directions on the form by June 15, 2021. Please direct any questions to Peter Altschul, A-L-T-S-C-H-U-L, FIA Scholarship Chair, 
via mail at creating common ground at outlook.com. That's C R E A T I N G C O M M O N G R O U N D at outlook.com. From Dots and Dashes for March 5 comes the following NRTC five year study. The National Research and Training Center on Blindness and Low Vision at Mississippi State University, NRTC, is recruiting people with blindness or low vision, ages 21 and up, who are working or who are interested in working to be part of a multi-year study about technology in the workplace. Participants will complete multiple surveys over time so they can learn about changes in access technology use. Participants will receive a small gift card after completing each survey. The NRTC will share our findings with you and their technology company partners. They'll also make recommendations for access technology users. VR professionals, access technology specialists, and employers. Would you like to help with their five-year study? Complete their pre-screening survey by either visiting it online or by calling the following number, 662-325-2011. The URL for the survey is https colon slash slash tinyurl, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L dot com slash ju 7 UTJU6 From the February 26 dots and dashes comes the following announcement Employee announcement Audio Description Project Coordinator and Grant Writer On March 1 Jolynn Bailey Page joined ACB as our Audio Description Project Coordinator and Grant Writer She will be supporting Tony Stevens Director of Development, by coordinating all aspects of the audio description project, as well as preparing and submitting grant proposals to potential funders. For the last five years, JoLynn has served as a grant writer contractor for ACB. Her accomplishments include securing funding opportunities for ACB's online community engagement and Get Up and Get Moving initiative, creating the Grants Power Grid to target major corporations and expanding our Grants Pipeline to 50-plus submissions. JoLynn also has 10 years' experience working as an independent audio describer, providing live audio description and developing scripts for performances and exhibits. She also is leading ACB's active participation in the Unique Description Project with the University of Hawaii and the National Park Service. She has a bachelor's in music, vocal performance from George Mason University, and is a graduate of Joel Snyder's Audio Description Associates Training Institute. While many of you have probably met her during our conventions and DC leadership conferences in the past, please join us in welcoming JoLynn by sending her an email at J. Bailey Page, J. B. A. I. L. E. Y. Dash P. A. G. E. At acb.org. This week's Soundprint spotlights the radio storm 
an internet station owned and operated by Michael and Angie McCarty. Michael and I began co-hosting Soundprints in 2002 when the show was broadcast weekly on WKJK AM, a clear channel station in Louisville, Kentucky. We co-hosted until May of 2013 when the show moved from WKJK to the current podcast format. In 2012, Michael hosted the first ACB holiday auction along with Brenda Dillon, and he and I co-hosted the auction from 2013 through 2019. In that capacity, Michael helped to raise over $80,000 for ACB and brought holiday cheer to listeners across the United States as well. In 2010, Michael and his wife Angie created the Radio Storm. The Storm has been playing great music and airing a variety of programs ever since. The Storm celebrated its 10th anniversary just a couple of weeks ago. And to continue the celebration a bit longer and help spread the word about the storm, we invited Mike and Angie to take us back in time to the beginnings of what is today the radio storm. You'll meet them on page two. We hope that you enjoy this week's sound prints and that you'll be with us again next week. If you have questions or suggestions for future programs or would like to subscribe to the CD version of Soundprints, please give us a phone call at 502-895-4598. And remember that you can listen to Soundprints on the telephone 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, if you don't have access to the podcast or to the CD version, by dialing 773-572-6318. Page 2. On February 19, Adam and I tuned into the internet around 10 o'clock that evening, as we often do on a Friday night, and we were listening to the radiostorm.com. And in case you don't know or you're not aware, Radio Storm is an internet radio station that is owned and operated by Michael and Angie McCarty. Those of you that have been SoundFence listeners for many years know that Michael and I used to do sound prints together and on February 19th the storm was celebrating its 10th anniversary we weren't aware of it before that but we soon discovered that Friday evening that that was birthday number 10 and right then and there I said well this would be a great sound prints interview to talk to Mike and Angie and have them tell us all about the storm so with me now is Michael and Angie McCarty, and they're going to tell us how the storm got started, where it's come from in the 10 years, and hopefully where they envision it going in the future. So welcome, Michael, back to San Francisco, and welcome, Angie. We're so glad you can be here with us tonight. Well, hello. Yeah, Hi, everybody. Glad to be here. Well, let's see. I guess we can start with me, since I'm a little bit older than she is. <laughs> okay. And it all kind of started, you know, I guess, technically – we both got started at the Kentucky School for the Blind in the radio program. <clears throat> I was the one, of course, in there first since I was a little bit older. I am a little bit older than she is. So Rick Ricks began the radio program in uh, around 80, 1985, 1986, and we had a small AM station, WEAR, named after Edith A. Reese in the rec center, and 
I was pretty young at that particular well, not real young, fairly young in that year, and got real interested in that radio program and was involved with it from the time it got started on up till I graduated. And uh, every year that went by, we got more and more interested, and I became station manager and all that and just loved that so much. And that's – I always tell people that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wanted to be a DJ, and uh, so I did that all the way through high school until I graduated KSB. And, of course, they went to the University of Louisville in broadcasting and communication and all that good stuff and graduated from there. You want to tell your part now? Well, <laughs> Ricky Ricks was the dean of students at our school, and he believed very strongly in our radio program, and he supported it so much. So much so, in fact, that when he helped to design our new dormitory – well, it was new then. It's not new now. <laughs> this many years down the road, but – Wilde Evans Hall, it was it was being built, and they were trying to figure out what what to put in it, what to do with it, what to make new. And so Ricky came up with the idea of us having an actual studio in Evans Hall, like soundproof room, the whole bit, professional equipment. And um, and so we did. He did. And so we had our station move over from the recreation building to Evans Hall in the fall of 1993, and also at that time. We switched from AM to FM, and I think we started out at 95.1, and we moved to 104.5. I may have that backwards. Well, anyway, so um, we became WKSB, and so I mean, we thought we were downtown. We had the new equipment came in, and we were like kids at Christmas. We couldn't wait to get in there and get our hands on it. It was just great, and um, so we did, and uh I was in the radio program from my freshman year, of the beginning of my freshman year, all the way through high school. And my junior and senior year of high school, I served as manager of our radio station. And I spent as much time as I possibly could in there. I just loved it so much. And um, I guess that's kind of where it all began. We have Ricky Ricks to thank for a lot of that. We also have Tom Scoggins. A lot of you folks who listen to Soundprints who are from here in Kentucky, you guys remember Tom. A lot of you do. And um, Tom was a very talented musician. He sang, he played guitar, he was just so talented, but he was also talented in radio. In fact, he actually worked in radio, and he mentored us a lot. He was there at school with us a lot, helping us record, helping us to improve what we were doing and how we sounded, and giving us all kinds of great advice. I spent a lot of hours sitting in the radio station just talking to Tom and him uh, helping us so much. And um, so I got to give credit to Ricky Ricks, but I also have to give a lot of credit to Tom because he really helped. He he's he and Ricky are where all of this kind of got started for us, and he helped you guys a lot too. Yes, he did. He yeah. helped while we were not only doing radio, but at the time I was also going over to Tom's house, Tom and Deanna's house at that time, and uh, I was supposed to be learning guitar, <laughs> but I rarely ever touched a guitar. He still can't play guitar, you guys. But what we did do was play with his audio equipment, learning how to do production, learning how to talk like a DJ, you know, all that kind of stuff, and learning how to – for me, it was learning how to hook up equipment mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So that kind of got me into the engineering part of what goes on you know, behind the scenes at a radio station. So as the years go on… You know, I graduate U of L, and I'm trying to get jobs in radio. And radio, unfortunately, changed quite a bit in the 90s. Um, 
it became automated with computers, and immediately most of our minds jumped to computers. Well, that would be great. That should have made things even more accessible, and it should have, but it didn't. The software most radio stations use even today is not accessible with most screen readers. Mm-hmm. So as more computers began to take over, a lot of blind people found themselves out of a job, including our other friend that helped us out quite a bit that we got to know in the late 90s. Well, I know him longer than that, but Angie and I really got close to him in the late oh, 90s. Oh, such a dear friend. Mr. So, Ed so Phillips. Dear. Ed Phillips, yes. Oh, yes. I remember so many nights. Mike and I, we are such dorks. We are radio dorks, that is. We, um, when we became good friends with Ed, um, during those years, he was overnight at WVEZ here in Louisville. And so we wound up, oh my gosh, how many times? I don't even know. We would go out on the, on the weekend, Friday or Saturday night, and we would stay the night with Ed because he worked nights. And uh, we would stay the night with Ed out at VEZ and, oh, that was like the coolest thing we, you know, we were a lot younger then. And we thought, man, this is really awesome. And, you know, we'd hang out with him and just, you know, all night long. And um, we all became such dear friends. And, uh, gosh, we miss him so much. But so I kept um, trying to get jobs in radios. Just yeah. kept trying and trying and trying. Never could get a foot in the door anywhere. And so another friend of ours, Matt Sorrell, who's also a graduate of KSB and who was also in the radio program, I think he did both AM and FM. Uh, he was kind of in that transitional period. And uh, so he was also heavy into radio, and he loved doing that sort of stuff too. And uh, so we all three got together one night, and we were talking about radio and you know how disappointing it was that we, we couldn't really get in. And we've, we'd, had, we'd all done a few little things in radio, or we had DJed a few dances and done weddings and stuff like that, but just really had a hard time getting – into radio. And so Matt had done some online streaming with some stations. He he'd been a DJ for some online stations and he was like, you know, all three of us were kind of like we should just do this ourselves. And this way we can get on the air and we don't have to worry about being hired. We don't have to do all that stuff. We can make the station however we want to make it. Play whatever we want to play. And we don't have to go through – a lot of radio stations, you know, you you have this playlist, and you have to follow everything it says for you to play. The DJs don't get their choice as to what they play. They play what they're told. Most of them aren't even there live anymore. Nowadays, the computer plays what it's supposed to play. Back in the day, you had a live DJ. You could call them. You could make song requests. You know, you you can't do that anymore most most of the time. Well, we we all have these grand dreams of stations like Wacky and WKLO and – you know, stations where DJs could actually do what they wanted to do. So we thought, okay, we didn't know a whole lot about it. I certainly didn't know enough about the software or whatever. Matt kind of took the he, – he had done that before, so he told me about a few programs that we might could use to get this thing going. It's like, well, the first thing we're going to need is a website because people have to be able to find us. But before we could even create a website, we had to come up with a name. Yeah, what are we going to call it? I don't know. Um, We're like a name for a radio station. We tossed this around for weeks trying to figure out. We couldn't use call letters, you know. No. So we had to just come up with something that was going to be kind of kind of cool, kind of catchy. And we're like, I don't know. We just we couldn't think of anything, and we all kind of got to think, well, like storms. 
you know, we all are interested in weather and that kind of stuff. And so we, we like thunderstorms. Oh, we and, do love a good thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. So then we thought, okay, you know, we could call it, you know, the th- thunder radio was one I remember we talked about and kicked that around. I think I came up with the dorkiest idea <laughs> because I was like, we want it to be like whatever we want it to be, you know, and it's going to be different things at different times, you know, and it's, we're going to be flexible and we're going to be fun. And so I came up with the idea. I was like, hey, why don't we call it the chameleon? Wouldn't that be fun? Do you know of any other station in the world called the Chameleon? And Mike and Matthew were like, no. And there's a reason for that because it it sounds dorky. I'm like, I think it sounds cool. So I I, I didn't get my way on that one, but <laughs> which I'm sort of glad now because it was sort of dorky. So we just stuck with the <laughs> word storm. Now that's a good thing that Angie you didn't get your way because probably a lot of people couldn't spell chameleon. So <laughs> no, for the website, right? I don't yeah. know, you know how chameleon it, it we didn't even think about that it changes its colors to adjust to its yes. environment you know that kind yes. of thing maybe I was getting too complicated on <laughs> we stayed with the word storm and then we yeah, first we were going to be radio so we said well radio storm mm-hmm. so we looked up you know searched Google for radio storm and somebody had taken it and uh, they, so they had, had a radio they storm, had storm radio had or storm something radio. like that we had them both so yeah. we just said fine we'll put the word the on the front of it and now it's the radio storm. And that worked. We found a website, a domain that was free, you know, available to, for us to get on. So we purchased the domain, and uh, then that was like, okay, well now we, you know somebody has to create the website. We got the domain. Who's going to build the website? Luckily, I was working at APH at the time, and I was working with a guy named Malcolm Turner, who was our webmaster at the time, and he had already taught me a bunch of HTML working at APH. So I said, well, you know, I'll give it a try. I don't know if I know what I'm doing. But I think I can – I know enough to be dangerous, so I'll try it. And so I actually did manage to get the site up and uh, used WordPress to do that, and that was pretty accessible. Read a couple books on uh, – written by a couple blind folks on how to make WordPress accessible, and so I did that. And uh, so we got our website up, and we purchased some uh, streaming uh, abilities from a, a company called Ultrahost, which is now called Brightside. Communication, and I didn't know this at the time, but I was connected with a guy named David. I can't think of his last name, but David is also blind and a member of the Wisconsin Council of the Blind. Yeah, we didn't know this. We were just shopping for a someone to host us, and we just happened to find them, and so that was kind of so cool. Like, how cool is this? We have yeah. a, our, our station is being powered by a small company owned and operated by. Blind people, that made it that much more interesting and more fun and more meaningful for us too. So we got the stream together, purchased the software that we needed to run the station, um, and then we did the fun job of getting all the music together, uh, figuring out what we wanted to play, when we wanted to play it. That's kind of changed a lot over the years. Um, But we've always tried to keep a good variety in there. Yeah, but we got to looking and thinking, man, we've got a lot of our music is on CDs. A lot of our music is on uh, records and 45s and cassettes. You know, we 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 love our rec- we love our vinyl, you guys. Oh my gosh, there's nothing like the sound of vinyl. And so, um, so we got to thinking about that when we were putting our studio together. <laughs> and we're like, I don't know, we don't want to just be all one thing or all another thing. How? Why can't we just do it all? Why not? So um, that's kind of how we we got into putting it all together. Didn't know if we wanted to talk about that yet. Well, we ran into the you know we found the software, and it station ran for a while just totally automated, 
and we would come in and do a live show on Friday nights, which we still do. And uh, but we stayed automated for a long time. Angie had purchased for me for my birthday one year an audio mixer. I've got other audio mixers, but this one we were going to specifically dedicate to the use on the storm. I think that was Christmas. Was it Christmas? Yeah. Oh, maybe you're right. You probably <laughs> are because you'd remember that better than me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so we bought a mixer and uh, connected that audio mixer to the system. And at that point, it's when we expanded out. And so we're going to connect the computer for it to play automation just like it always has. But with this mixer, now we can hook up other things. So we hooked up some turntables. In fact, right now in the studio, we have three turntables hooked up. We hooked up a tape deck. Yeah, we have an old uh, yeah. Radio Shack tape deck player. <laughs> We've got three microphones uh, in here with the capability of expanding to more if we ever needed them for whatever reason. And uh, so then on our Friday night show, now we can go back between the computer. We can play records. We, we do play records sometimes. We play cassettes. Uh, so we had, you know, we were able to play a little bit of everything, and that I think just sort of it harkens back to the days when we were when I was at the AM station and she was doing the FM. Because now we're actually, you know, really getting in there and having to cue the records and put the tapes in and do all that stuff, and so it just makes it more fun uh, doing it that way. So we mix a little bit of the old with the new, and so we've done that now for quite a number of years, and we we had to change software and and about. About a year or so into it, uh, we were using a program called Sam Encoder and uh, Sam Broadcaster, and it – I don't know. I, it never really seemed to work for me. It wasn't always fully accessible either. Really. No, it wasn't was accessible, always, and it There always were always crashed. things about it. You know. It had issues. But it worked for a lot of <laughs> folks. It just didn't work for us. So we I, we heard about this program called Station Playlist Studio, and uh, so I thought, well – I'll give it a try. I'll download a demo of it and see if it works. And a guy named Brian Harchin over in the UK has built some JAWS scripts for it. And so that makes being a blind guy himself, he and actually someone that uses the program, he knew all these great features that you know blind people would love to have and be able to access very quickly with keystrokes. So purchased his scripts and you know, doing doing this online internet radio thing is not is not cheap, but it's a it's an expensive hobby, which most hobbies are pretty expensive. You know, if you do them right, <laughs> I've never heard of an inexpensive hobby. Uh, so, you know, we we were kind of into it. We're getting into it pretty deep. You know, we bought this software and had to get the jaw scripts and all this stuff and. Matt was doing shows with us, and he was still trying to use Sam Encoder, and eventually he switched over to Station Playlist also. And so a lot of what we did in the early days was creating all the, the promotional stuff that you hear. If you listen to us, you'll hear us doing you know, promos for the station and for different shows. And, and you know, we put a lot of those together ourselves, but Matthew is the one who's really come through for us, but – the the really good ones are ones that he made. He's 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 got a real good yeah. talent when Matt it comes has to. A very, he's got a really good oh, knack for making he, those. We can we it takes us forever to put one together. You know we can put together a good one, but it takes a while. You know to get it right. Matthew can throw one together in just a few minutes. I mean he just he's just really talented in that way. And um, I remember when we were we were getting ready to launch our station. We had everything together. We were almost ready to go. 
and had it all hooked up. And we thought, man, you know, we should do something really cool to launch our station. Let's, let's, you know, advertise it and just really put it out there. So we got, we, um, we made our own Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page and a Twitter. We are the radio storm in both places. So go like us and follow us and share, share, share with all your friends. That's what I always say on Friday nights. And so, um, you're welcome to go do that, by the way, after you listen to this. And then <laughs> the priorities here. So um, we got ready to to um, launch our station. And so we scheduled a day. And we all sort of decided the easiest day for everyone's schedule was February 19th of that year. It was February 19th, 2011. And, oh, my gosh, we had Matthew and Sue and Sue's uncle came all the way down from northern Kentucky. They drove two hours to come down here that day. And then uh, Justin was here, our friend Annetta, rest her soul, she's passed away, she was here, and uh, Nikki and Paul came, they were here, Paul is co-host of the World of Sports here on our station on Friday nights at 7, and we, uh, oh gosh, we had a whole house full of people, maybe a few others that I can't remember, and man, we got pizza, and we just made this big thing of it, and we thought, you know, we were really, we were really going to do this thing, and um, so we got ready to launch our station that day. And I think didn't we have some kind of contest leading up to that? We did. We asked people what um, uh, what type of music, type of music yeah. did did they want to hear on our first show? And I thought, ah, nobody's going to respond to this. And man, we had emails and tweets, and we had all this stuff, and people were leaving us voicemails, and and uh, oh, we had to get our phone number too. We forgot about that. We, we got our phone number because our the phone number to our our station number is not our house number. It's not our personal number. It's it's a different phone number, but it rings into the house just the same so we can answer it and, you know, and take requests and things. And, um, man, our voicemail was full of messages, and I thought, wow, man, there's going to be a bunch of people listening. This is great, you know, and, and sure enough, that day, I mean, we were just, we were just amazed at, at the response we got. It was, it was just so awesome, and I thought, wow, man, just so, all these people, and people were calling us, and they were making requests, and they were and we just had such a good time. It was just so much fun. And um, we had this idea that when our 10th anniversary came around, we thought, you know, we had all these big dreams, like, wow, we're going to have this big party. And, you know, we're going to have everybody come back and, well, the, the ones that are still living, <laughs> come back and hang out with us. And, you know, we're going to have food and it's going to be great. And and then Corona came and sort of ruined all that. But um, but we, we tried to make it a special night. We had a lot of phone calls. And um, a lot of folks that called in and talked to us. And, and it was still a good time in a different way. And, uh, and then a, a friend of ours who happens to be Keegan's kindergarten teacher actually <laughs> surprised us and sent us pizza. And it was really special. And we appreciated everybody being here with us. And we have people we call our, we lovingly call our listeners storm chasers. And <laughs> we have our storm chasers loyal and true. We have folks who have been with us since day one who still listen and they still are here every Friday night um and I, I just I'm just so amazed at that I'm so grateful you know we we love our listeners we really do and we want we are listener-led that's what we want to be we want to play and do the things that our listeners want to hear and so we really try to pay attention and um because we don't want to be the same old cookie cutter thing like radio is today. We want to, you know, my mother-in-law told me she gets in the car at the same time every morning. She has her radio tuned to the same station every day. 
she leaves the house at the same time because she's got to be to work at the same time every day. She's like, I hear the same songs. They say the same thing at the same minute every single day. And she's like, that is so boring. <laughs> and I think about that and I'm like, we don't want to be boring. We want to be different. We want to be, um, we want to be what, what our listeners want us to be. You all have done a number of things that it is very flexible. I mean, um, at alumni, you've broadcast on Friday nights from for the alumni um, for the alumni reunion two or three times. You did the the memorial service last summer when we said, "Oh, we can't have a reunion," and but well, yeah, we'll have the memorial service, and and you uh, put put that up. We didn't only do it on Zoom, but you put it on the storm. There's been other things that you've done that are not just music. And, and I mean, it's just real flexible and, and in tune, I think with, with not only what people want to hear, but with, with the blind community. And it's just seemed to be so neat. And to listen to it on Friday night when you're there is, it really is fun. I mean, when we were doing round in person, as we would be finishing up, we would get done around nine thirty, quarter to 10, whatever. And then as we were waiting for threes, we would often pull it in on the echo. We'd, we'd have the, the echo play it, and we'd just listen until people, you know, until their talk threes came and so on. It, it's really fun. So well, we never, we never you do a great job. No, we don't want to forget where we came from. You know, yeah. we, we, if we, it wasn't for the Kentucky School for the Blind, we would not – no, I've got the education yeah. that we got to do it. I wouldn't the be who I am. I, I, I know I would not be the person I am had I not gone to the Kentucky School for the Blind. I know that. And there are people like Ricky Ricks and Tom Scoggins and so many others who have touched my life in such a special way. And Ed Phillips and, and just so many. And I don't ever want to forget about that because I'm just so grateful for it. I'm grateful to God for for blessing me in those ways. And, and, uh, and you know, speaking to that stuff, we. When we were looking for a logo for the website, oh, you know, we yes. went to uh, Mary Bartley. She's an artist. Because she's an artist. And she's visually impaired. Yeah. And so we wanted her to do the logo, you know, for that. And she did, and it's beautiful. And it's we, beautiful. Same logo, we still use it today. It's storm clouds, Ooh. and the letters look like lightning. It's, it's really cool. She's very talented. And um, there was something else I was going to touch on earlier. Oh, and we cannot forget about acb radio yeah i was going to say that um, too not too long after we started yes. our show and got our station going uh we were asked uh, if if we wanted to do and be on acb radio and uh, of course we said yes we didn't exactly know how all that was going to work out but they assured <laughs> us that we could do it and so we did and uh, they connected to us and and we started broadcasting on uh, their um it was well, interactive, interactive at the time, wasn't it? Time, yeah. Yep. Now we're on cafe. <laughs> and, you know, we've, we've tried to help other people along the way, too. We, our son, John, is big, big time into sports. And so a year after we started the Radio Storm, he was talking about, you know, I, I think I'd like to do a sports show. And I'm like, a sports show? Now, to me, personally, that's, <laughs> that's boring as all get out. <laughs> Not you, Michael. What? <laughs> If he's in, if he's interested in it and he wants to do it, but we'll let him do it. Again, a lot of our listeners are sports fans, and so, so we thought, you know what, this could be really cool. And we told him, you know, it's like that's fine if you want to do a sports show, that's great. 
you know, get on there and do it. Uh, our friend Paul Ferrara, who's also blind, he wanted he's big into sports as well. So they got they got together, they created the world of sports, uh, got that show going, and then before too long, and I always say they kind of trumped us on this because they ended up being picked up by ACB Radio Mainstream. You know, so they got on the main channel over there, and we were on it. Right. So I always say they kind of trumped us on that one a little bit. But, they uh, sort of did. Yeah, they did. And we can't forget yeah. about our friend Ken Galvin, who has been with us almost since day one. Storm Chaser, another one, Loyal and True. And um, Ken is one of also a co-host of the World of Sports. He's actually been doing it a lot more regularly here lately. John's gotten sort of busy with some other stuff in life. You know. We just can't live in the studio 24 hours a day like we'd love to because, you know, there's life. And so we still have yeah. to do stuff, you know. But uh, but Paul and Ken have been doing the, sh- the sports show here lately, and it's still going strong. And they're going to be celebrating their 10-year anniversary next year. Yeah. So. And Ken oh, really? Also, yeah, yeah. And Ken is also blind so and uh, lives in Delaware. Yeah, he so. lives in Climate, Delaware, and he is he is almost completely blind. And mm-hmm. so you know we got that show going. Uh, Matt and his wife Sue, they they have a show that they do uh, Friday nights right before our show. Mm-hmm. And uh, then here most most recently, uh, Joe Saylor had contacted me, another graduate of KSB. And uh, I said, think a lot of folks know him as Mitchell Saylor. Yeah, said he. Yeah, like, I was going to ask you if that is yeah. Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Said he'd like to do a show too, and so he got it all together, got his software, all that. And so now he's, in fact, I just talked to him before we started uh, doing this. And he said his show that's on Thursday nights, he'd like to move it to Saturday night. So we're going to oh, make that happen. Oh, really? I hadn't heard this yet. Yeah, he, that okay. just happened literally right before we okay. got started. Well, they've got a little boy in school. I understand that. Yeah. So him and his wife, Bing, um, both yeah. of them are, are blind. And so they host the Music Palace. Isn't that cool? Yes. So if you like yeah. our show on Friday nights, you're going to like their show too because they just play a variety of music. They take requests and dedications, and they even have like trivia and riddles and fun facts and stuff like that. So it's, it's a good time. So you'll want to be sure to tune them in. And I guess we'll have to you guys um, just listen on Friday nights and to us and Matthew and Sue, and, and we'll let you know um, what their time spot is going to be and all that as we work that out. But um, that'd be great. Now, do you still have? Do you still have Donnie Parrott? And yes, his, um, Donnie Parrott. Yep, I'll send there next. Donnie Parrott is a pastor here in Kentucky. Um, he but, used to be at the House of Prayer in Anvil, but he's not with the House of Prayer anymore. He He's kind of taken his ministry on the road. Um, but he still sends us a new service almost every week. And so. Um, and he's visually impaired. He is. He is. Um, and he, we air his service every Sunday at 11 a.m. and at 6 p.m. And like I said, it's a new message almost every single week. He sends us a new message. And and Sunday is always the Lord's Day. So if you want to get your worship time in on a Sunday, you're welcome to tune into the storm. We have Christian programming, uh, Christian music from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. every Sunday. So we needed and, a good church service, and he gave us one. Yes. And Donnie's do you Do you still have um, – does Jim Finn still do his old-time radio show? He does not. I haven't gotten any from okay. him in quite a while. So I think life got busy well, for him, too. He, he got married. He and, got married. and Oh, okay. <laughs> that's stuff. okay. Well, Jim Finn, for those who don't know, Jim Finn was uh, our producer when we were doing sound prints at yep. what was Clear <laughs> Channel back then, iHeartRadio. And he also was visually impaired, and he'd been there since the mid-90s. 
um, he was a great guy, and he did a, a OTR kind of thing for you for several years, didn't he, Mike? He did. He did uh, OTR and a, um, a jukebox show where he oh, just kind of right. played a good variety of stuff. He called it yes. Jim's Jukebox. And yes. we also used to have um, Sean Brock on our station years ago. That's right. Yeah, Sean, Sean did a great program called A Warm Chill. Yeah, it was and a it jazz, was smooth jazz. Smooth jazz on Wednesday night. It mm-hmm. was great. And but, that, um, that was a great program. But, again, life got in the way. And, well, he got a job at a, another station, and he had to sign oh. a contract that said as long he as he was working for them, he couldn't work for any other station. And right. so, he, unfortunately, he had to back out. He didn't want to, but he had to. But his well, show was you know, great. that one paid the bills. So that's that's right. right. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> us, that exactly. one Exactly. I understand. It's okay. <laughs> right. Well, where so, do you see the storm going in the next several years? Because you're not going to stop anywhere soon. No. Well, you're having too we, much fun. <laughs> we have done, you know, since we got into doing the broadcast, doing the first, we kind of hit, hit these at the same time. We did our first alumni broadcast, and then our church, Beachmont Baptist Church, has a uh, an event in the – well, I guess it's in the spring. It's called Blast. Called Blast. Broadcasting – oh, my gosh. What's it? Anyway, oh. it's called Blast. And so we'll – I can't think of it. <laughs> we started doing our live remotes for both of those events sort of at the, just about at the same time, that, that first time we'd ever done them. And so since then, we've kind of got us a system together, sort of our mobile uh, studio, and uh, got it in a suitcase and all that stuff. We call it our road kit. Yeah, it's our little road kit. (laughs) And so I'd I'd like to see us continue to do more remote events and stuff since we have that capability now. We've made things a lot easier. And, of course, thanks to the virus, we haven't been able to go remote at all this whole last year. So, unfortunately, we weren't able to have blast this last year. But we did the year before, and we've also done live broadcasts from our church for a few years there. We're not doing it now, of course, but we were having an open mic night once a month at our church where people would play and sing. And we had broadcasted that a few times back when that was going on from our church. And um, and like I said, we did blast. We did alumni. So we, we would love to do more events like that. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, so I, I definitely see us doing more of that type of stuff because it, it's a little bit easier now than it was 10 years ago uh, to do that stuff. We've kind of changed some of our broadcast software. It makes it easier for us to do that. Um, we probably, well, right now we're going in, into the middle of a uh, website update. Um, the, like I said, I built that website almost 11 years ago. And uh, so the code has gotten out of date. And I, I am more into programming the station adding songs, you know, doing the production stuff. I, I really have learned over the years that I hate website design. <laughs> I don't like to <laughs> do it. It's just such a tedious it's thing. It's tedious. No. Yeah. And you, you can only kidding. do so much with a screen reader. Yeah. And, and so you, you type all this code in, and you hope that it looks good to the eye, but you don't really know. Well, right. let's backtrack again a little bit because – when we did build our original website, well, we, I can't take credit for that. I There's no way I'd know how to do such a thing. When my hubby over here built it originally, we have a guy who, a very, very dear friend of ours, we actually met him over CB, a CB app, and then we've become dear friends since then. His name is Dave, and he lives in Liverpool, UK, and we've, we've all become such good friends with them. And um, when Mike built the website originally, 
Dave was the one helping him from, you know, from way over there in Liverpool. He was, he was helping Mike, you know, to figure out all the visual aspects of the website and how this looks here or that looks there. And he was helping to find different types of graphics and things like that. And so and, uh, our friend, poor Dave, this is how we did it. <laughs> I was in Louisville typing the code, you know, typing the HTML into the computer. I would make a change, save it. Dave would be over in Liverpool hitting F5, refreshing his screen, telling me whether something did or didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And we spent – oh, gosh, there were times we spent hours, hours. doing this. <laughs> but Dave was so into the station that he wanted to help out, and so I said, Dave, really what I need is a good working set of eyeballs. And so that, that's what he did for me, and uh, he stayed up pretty late. Because they're they're several hours, you know, difference in time than we are. Yeah, they're like five and a half or five. What is it? Five hours. Other hours ahead of us, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, right. it was some pretty late nights for him, but now that we're you know we're getting this website up to date, getting some more, getting some of the newer HTML5 code put in there. Uh, we're going to add a streaming player so you can listen directly from the website. Uh, so if you don't have a media player. People aren't using media players like they used to. You know, it used to be Winamp and Windows Media Player and Real Player. You'd hear about all these different ones, and we don't really use those nowadays. So we're going to have someone we can stream directly from the uh, website. Well, that this is all just really exciting, and and I, I I love all of this background that that's happened with it, and and just the many different phases that it goes goes through. I, I'd be very remiss. If I did not acknowledge all of the help that you that you all have been for what was it nine years eight years nine years that um, you played a major role in the ACB holiday auction and I haven't added up exactly how much money was raised for ACB in those years. But just a rough estimate is almost eighty thousand dollars. Wow! That was raised in those nights that that y'all helped out with the holiday auction. And the the first several years, we did it from the studios at iHeartMedia. But the last couple of years, we did it from the Storm Studio, and that was really fun because Angie kept us well fed, and we just had a grand time. <laughs> Yes, we it did. was really good, and Michael, you did such great work on that. And um, and people listening out there may not be aware, because we have so many new people coming into ACB now that just don't know some of the background and the history of some of the things that went on. And um, um, it, you know, it was really fun that when we would do the holiday auction. I think we had a great time. And and there were some things that people would tune in to say, oh, are you all going to have, you know, whatever item it was that they love to hear? Whoopie pie. Got to have those whoopie pies. Oh, whoopie pies. <laughs> <laughs> we had people that called into that, that listened to that auction every year just to see what you were going to say about the whoopie pie. Yes. <laughs> but that was really was, fun. And that, that was a great honor for us to help out. Again, it's all, you know, we're. We don't make any money off the storm. I, I would say mm -hmm. that I wish that we could, and maybe someday right. we will. But you know, mm -hmm. as of right now, where that's that's just not really our thing. I mean, we have an Amazon affiliate page, and we try to get folks to 
you know, if you're going to buy a big ton of stuff from Amazon, use our affiliate link. Yeah. So that really helps. Every out. once in a while, we we try to pass the plate, but it's definitely mm-hmm. not a moneymaker for us. This is, we have spent a lot more than we have received. Is, do you all still have your Storm Chaser t-shirts and things? No, we don't. Well, yeah. we are running out of time, but this has been absolutely fascinating. And I've just really enjoyed it. I hope you all have. And we are so pleased that the, that after 10 years, Radio Storm is not only just going strong, but it's growing and changing and has, I think, a bright future. And just thank you all so much, and congratulations on 10 years of bringing everybody wonderful music and wonderful programming. Well, we appreciate having, you know, being on the program tonight, and we will say if there's anybody out there who wants, you know, to give DJ a try, you know, we'll, we we have plenty of spaces open. Let me tell you. We're open to that. So Real quick, Joe, who does that Music Palace show here on the Storm, he got his start here on the Storm. He had never worked in radio before, never had any experience in radio, and now he has a job at a radio station there in his oh, area. Oh, that's exciting. Um, he that just got wonderful. this job, like, what was it, a couple of weeks ago we got the news that he had been hired at a station down there? Yeah, he's going to be doing some commercials and Yeah, stuff he's going to be doing and... some voice work for them. So you just never know. You just never no, know where don't. life is going to take you. No, you don't. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much, and again, congratulations, and just really cool to have you here and, and talking about all this and going back and talking about the beginning and how you get started. I think there's a lot that uh, people can gain from that and learn about the perseverance of of working toward what you want to do. Oh, yes. There have been many crashes along the way, oh, let me my. tell you. Yeah. Been times it's when I thought, always, where yeah. we crashed again, and I'm not putting it back together. And we moved around a couple of times. We started out we down did. here, then we moved upstairs, then we moved back down here over the years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what happens yeah. when you have grandbabies. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Angie. All right. Thank you. Bye, you guys. Be blessed. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.